means infinity. It means universal. It means love. It means that there is so much you can do. We have all the time of the world. As long as we're alive, we have the gift and uh, we have all the chances. They keep on coming. Chances keep on coming from everywhere. We just have to notice them. Notice what we get. For me, for example, I love learning. I keep on taking courses. I learn something new. I'm learning about the human body and its function is so beautiful. We're just beautiful human beings and we just have to give ourselves that chance. Hi, and welcome to Unlimited, the podcast platform that gives voice to remarkable women and mothers from the Arab world and beyond to inspire, engage, and drive growth. I'm your host, Daniela Rossi, and for this uh, brand new episode of Unlimited Women's Brands, I'm pleased to bring on board Nadia and Sharifa Sewell, mother and daughter, business partners, entrepreneurs, leaders in, in wellness. They have been the co-founders of Body Tree Studio, the holistic center in Abu Dhabi, the premier holistic center in Abu Dhabi for well-being and, uh, and healing. They've been described as the leaders of the wellness community in Abu Dhabi, and a lot has been told and written about uh, Sharif and Nadia over the years, but I'm particularly proud to have them in person on Unlimited so that they can share their story, their vision, and their mission with their own voice. So, welcome again and happy Mother's Day. Thank you. Happy Thank Mother's you. Day to you. <laughs> well, talking about Mother's Day, because we're releasing this exclusive podcast interview in the occasion of Emirati Mother's Day, mm -hmm. Arab Mother's Day, International Mother's Day at the mm -hmm. end of the day. You're both uh, mothers of three. So, congratulations, yes. still smiling. <laughs> You've been uh, living and working in the UAE uh, for most of your life. And I know that you made uh, a home away from home for both yourself and your family in, uh, in this country. Would you mind sharing with us uh, one of your dearest memories as uh, mother and daughter? We have so many, many memories, for sure, mm -hmm. as mother and daughter. Uh, one of them is when Nadia was... Uh, when she was birthing, the youngest one. And for me, and it, it was so great to just hold on to her hand while she was birthing. It just, it meant the world to me. Yeah, we, it was a very intimate moment. It is. And <laughs> you, know, you were going, you were going through and, so and the, much. Absolutely. And the person <laughs> you want there is absolutely your mother. You know, just the guidance, the voice, the, the just the cueing me through it all and, and comforting me. Mm. So I'm, I'm very lucky to live in the same city as my mother and my parents. It was a choice yes. to move back to be with my parents. Yes. Um, I want to say one of my memories is maybe something not so happy, but something that really I think was a big life uh, shifter for my mother and I, and it led us on the path that we're on right now. But I was with my mom for her first chemotherapy session. So my mom was diagnosed with uh, colon cancer at quite a young age, in her late 40s. And uh, I was with her for, for my, it was difficult for my dad to be in the room, difficult for my grandmother to be in the room. So, so I was with her and she went through it and she went through chemotherapy and went through a lot post-chemotherapy. But I want to say that the strength she showed um, and the way my mother um, 
just found resources and ways to kind of to, to not just get over the cancer, but get over everything that came with it was a huge inspiration. And she's the one who held the family together despite her being sick. So she was really the motivation behind Body Tree. When, um, you know, I was going to have the first chemo and Nadia held my hand, even though I, you know, I could feel her energy and her fear. But it felt, you know, I felt so safe just by her holding my hand. It really meant the world to me. That's what I'm saying. We have so many beautiful moments. And I want to say, you know, I mean, <clears throat> I guess, again, in a way, the negative things lead to positive things. But my father had been quite sick when I was in high school. But then I think when my mother was sick, you know, as you suffer, I think, with both parents. Uh, but, you know, you, you really realize how much the, the mother is kind of the center of the family. You know, and, uh, and that really, really shifted something. I think for, for my, myself and my brothers as well. And it's beautiful how you bring these family values from one generation to the other, right? Because I believe that even one memory that we were uh, quickly uh, recalling was about your grandmother, so the great-grandmother for your, for your kids, right? And I believe we also have a photo here. Yes. That despite being experts, that you were able still to convey and bring together your family in some very precious, uh, precious moments. Yeah, it's four mm. generations. And that picture was taken 10 years ago. Sadly, our, uh, my grandmother is no longer with us, uh, but, but also a very strong woman. You know, we come from a woman of survivors. We're Palestinian, so I think, you know, we're part of the diaspora, and that, uh, that builds a huge strength and resilience. And my grandmother was a very, very resilient woman. Absolutely. Well, that brings us to the unlimited that is in all of us, mm -hmm. right? That goes behind, beyond everything that we do on a daily basis. And back to the family values. Uh, when I first looked at, when I first saw the body tree, logo, I immediately thought of uh, the family tree, mm -hmm. but I know that there's more behind it. Yes. It could be a life and family emblem on its own, but if you don't mind, Shrifa, to tell us well, what um, was the inspiration behind it. You know, it's a circle, I mean, if everybody can see, I wish I had the picture with me, but that means a circle of life. And inside that, that circle of life, there is a, a, a woman who is holding, you know, her, uh, you know, she has her branches and she's rooting down to earth connecting to earth, connecting to, to the world, to the universe, to, to, to be present in the moment, because we're always in the future, in the past. And when you, um, when you are um, uh, into the present moment, then you're able to heal, to feel um, you can connect, you can embody movement, you can embody your breath. Um, and you kind of connect to yourself. And for me, this is, this is how we call it, you know, body tree, because it's a, a home away from home. And you can call it any home. It's just, you know, a place where there is a heart and the roots and the branches of healing and feeling great about yourself, connecting. Yeah. And, and the branches really represent just the multitude of, of wellness, uh, not just offerings, but just, you know, the multitude of wellness uh, out there. So everything from mind, body, movement, to nutrition, to positive thinking, to breath work, to, you know, the, the whole thing, the, the whole holistic aspect of what we consider wellness. 
And nowadays, I mean, it's quite common to speak about this topic, right? Yeah. Wellness and holistic. Yes. But when you started, yeah. and I believe uh, Body Tree celebrating now 15 years, 15 years, you were really pioneers in the region, but also probably pioneers throughout. Um, I believe you were already running a um, yoga and Pilates studio in Montreal. Yes, I did. Yeah. When I trained uh, in Montreal, I, yoga, Nadia calls me one day. She says, there is a teacher's training in yoga. You want to do it? I said, yes, because I was looking for it. And I went, I took my yoga teacher's training, and they, my teacher said, why don't you take care of my studio? Because, you know, he had to go back and forth to Los Angeles uh, to do trainings. And I said, sure, so I will um, teach classes, take care of it, and um, it was a great experience for me. Yeah. About unlimited opportunities, right? Exactly. Always grab the opportunities because yeah. you never Absolutely. know what can come from those. Absolutely. Yes. And that served us really well years later. You know, it's almost a foreshadowing of what was to come later. Well, you ask the universe and the universe answers. That's my belief. <laughs> what kind of um, teachings or learnings did you bring from Montreal to the UAE? Um, well, when I came back, um, I was able to feel more connected to my own self, more self-love. Uh, self-healing and at the same time because I'm the type who likes to uh, share what I know I started to help people here and there teach pregnant women one of them my friend Rudaina who I taught her yoga uh, prenatal and she just loved it and then I started to teach in different locations in Abu Dhabi and uh, we live in an era where we have everything at a swipe a click of the button, we just have to swipe it through. But at the same time, we have this fear of missing out, this formophobia, right? Of, of, we have everything, but we feel that we're nothing, everything can fade, fade away. Mm -hmm. um, how, why do you think that there's such a, a surge in people to search for wellness and for well-being? Yeah, I mean, they're definitely connected. I want to say I've never been a FOMO person. I've always been the opposite. I've always been a Jomo, like a joy of missing out person. Probably that's what makes you calm. And I can feel <laughs> that you, you, you are calm and you transmit the sense of peace. <laughs> I'll be honest. I think what's, what's helped uh, me, and then, and then we can definitely talk about what's happening in the world. But um, years ago, my mother, part of, again, her self-healing, she discovered uh, something called Vipassana meditation. So it's a 10-day, it's, it's based on Buddhist meditation. Um, and it's a 10-day silent retreat, and my mother had been a couple of times, and that was one of the big life-changing things for my mother. And so she really encouraged me to go, and, and I finally did go before I got married. And, um, and that shifted my whole perspective on life. You know, it makes you realize how much we, we are so much about the ego, not because we want to be, but just because... I think it's just the way, you know, life works sometimes and uh, survival. It's our survival survival mechanism. We sweat the small things. We never we don't live in the moment. Uh, we take things personally. I think one of the big things I learned was not to take things personally, just to accept people the way they are. And and I, that really really helped me in my marriage and my life continues to help me. So I want to say that Vipassana has been one of the biggest rooting things for me, more so than religion. I've, I've never been religious. I've always had spirituality because of my mother. Otherwise, I, I strongly rejected religion at a young age. Again, being Palestinian, you know, we've, we grew up Muslims, Christians, Jews, just all kind of intermixed. And, um, and when the distinction started, I think I found that very difficult. And it's just not something I related to. So Vipassana is just such a great way to, um, to live your life. It just helps you 
you know, live a little more ethically and aware. So I love that. I think that's been a huge influence in my life. Um, but talking about current day, yes, you know, we live on our phones and our screens. I see it with my children. Um, it, it affects the youth uh, in a really terrible way because everywhere they go, it's Snapchat and this is where I'm at. And then, you know, there's a lot of drama created when other kids aren't included. And then, <laughs> um, but you know, it's funny because it's a little reflective of what happens with adults sometimes too. Exactly. We're not the perfect role no. models in these, right? Because they no. see what we do, Absolutely. unfortunately. Not much I mean, of... sometimes you go to dinner and you find people, everyone or each one on his mobile rather than having a conversation. And then interacting and engaging than just, truly. you know, leaving the mobile somewhere else and just, um, you know, um, being present mm. with each other. Yeah, but within the community, do you feel that there's uh, an awareness now, nowadays that there's kind of a, a willingness uh, to change? I think so. it's very niche? So. No, I, I think there is a huge mm. willingness. I think mm. we've seen it with expats, uh, expat Arabs, Emiratis. Uh, absolutely, people have come in and they've really shifted their lives. And I want to say it's testament to them you know, I think when you start looking for ways to improve your life, it's there and it's available to you. We've had women walk in heavily medicated on antidepressants when they didn't need it. They absolutely didn't need it. And I want to say, you know, within a very short time span, just through working with some of our holistic healers and counselors and even some people through movement, dance, dance breathwork, yoga. Meditation, you know, just teaching them to, that there is something better than medicine. Because your medicine is movement. It's you taking care of your own self, self-love. Uh, and also eating healthy. And nutrition is a huge part of it. But self-love, I mean, just back to self-love and tying it back to, you know, social media. I think social media can really um, make people doubt who they are. You know, doubt yourself, especially when you're, you know, browsing and looking through these images of people who aren't really being authentically them on, you know, <laughs> they've got cameramen and they've got makeup artists. Filters, and, you know, which filters is the worst invention of, of the modern era. So <clears throat> we tend to compare ourselves. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's very easy to create a life on social media that isn't really your life. So I think it's something we have to be very aware of. Because and this applies to everybody, right? When, oh, you, when you speak about holistic and this uh, kind of journey that you can take people to, it's not just about women or men, but it's people of every, of all ages, right? Mm -hmm. walks of life, that's true. And uh, I know how beyond uh, wellness, uh, Nadia, you're particularly active in the community, uh, kind of as a first lady, I know that you've been supporting very critical um, situations with Red Cross, uh, um, UN refugees agencies, mm -hmm. uh, through being uh, an active participant of the Abu Dhabi board and so on, mm -hmm. um, which is admirable. How can everybody in, uh, in their own individuality um, make, uh, have a role towards uh, making a difference and uh, be an advocate themselves of some uh, um, particular causes? I mean, I think everyone, look at what you're interested in. Mm. Um, and I think what's really important, and my parents, we were just having this conversation, my parents really modeled this for me. Um, and it's a true belief. When you are blessed and we, you have been given, you must give back. It is just, a, I think that is one of the, the rules of life. Um, and my parents always modeled that. And, um, 
you know, we went through phases in life where we had more, we had less, and we've always adjusted. But our house was always open. Charity was always open. My father is so incredibly giving. My mother gives endlessly. <laughs> um, and I think it's, it's really, really important. You must give in some way. If you can give financially, give financially. If you can't give financially, give your time. If you can't give your time, do something. There are always ways that we can help in the community. Um, so I think that it's, it's really, really important. It's an obligation almost. Um, and it's a karma that you put out there. And, and we truly believe in karma. What you put out, you'll get. Even if you might not feel it in the moment, you know, karma will always come back to you. Um, but I think it's incredibly important. And the feeling you get when you've done something good is euphoric, you know? And there's no better feeling. So really, I think it's everyone's obligation. Um, I'm very lucky that I teamed up with a group of women and a good friend of mine, Nadine Malouf, who is an incredible person, so motivated. I mean, definitely way more motivated than I am. I want to give her a lot of credit. So she put a group together called, and that we decided to call Sautuna, which is our voice. And all these women do different things, businesswomen, filmmakers, philanthropists, moms, uh, came together. And we decided we had a passion for the region in particular, but for helping women and children. And so really, we started with small projects. And then Nadine came up with the idea to have a dream ball, to have Abu Dhabi's first dream ball. And so, you know, we ran our first dream ball, second dream ball, third dream ball. So we've been quite successful with it. It's nice because it really raises awareness on the particular um, uh, charity uh, agencies we work with and the projects. So that's been incredible. Um, and then the other thing that I'm very, very proud of is I sit on the board of the Palestinian Museum in Ramallah. And for me, although, yes, that's not helping people in need per se, I find it very important because it's a way of uh, keeping our culture and telling our story. And we know that's getting harder and harder in today's world. So that's something else that, uh, that I'm a part of. Um, and my parents have been a part of multiple, multiple charities. And, and they do a lot of um, direct charity. So that's something else that we love Palestine, to do. Yeah, mm -hmm. I was born in Colombia, South America. But my soul stays in Palestine. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, seeing the struggle of uh, our people has um, allowed us to be more um, you know, to open our hearts and be with our people and help them as much as we can. And uh, you mentioned the story, how important it is to share the stories, to tell the story yeah. of our people, of our country, <coughs> and still being rooted to who we really are. Exactly. And, and that's what I love about podcasts. I really feel the podcast, why I started it as Unlimited, is because it allows us, through the storytelling, to really give voice to and, and share stories that otherwise would be untold or remain yes. uh, untold and create a lot of awareness. Mm -hmm. I love seeing how we have listeners from America, from, uh, from Europe, from India, and that brings conversation that happens within four walls really beyond any limits and beyond any borders. And that's, again, the, the being unlimited. Back to you. Um, you obviously, when you speak, Nadia, I can hear how much um, your parents have been a role model to mm. you and an inspiration. What about you, Sharifa? Who's been your major role model? Well, my main is Nadia. Just okay. seeing my daughter um, evolve from a child into who she is now, I'm so very proud of her, honestly. She's just an amazing woman. And uh, her being always next to me has been really fantastic. And I get emotional about it because she means a lot to me. And I love her so much. 
And it's beautiful that you're next to each other. Now yes. you feel, you make me feel bad that my mom is far away, but I, I think it's a, the best gift that you can do to one another a, is, that is to be close to one it's another. It's a unique situation. We're very, we, we, we realize how lucky we are and how blessed we are. <laughs> because when I got married, I was far away from my mom. So it was mm-hmm. difficult. And um, another person that I really um, look at her up, I mean, she's my idol, is uh, a good friend of mine. She's from Spain, married to a Palestinian. She has two daughters. Her, um, her name is Feli Abu Gattas. Um, she has been uh, an inspiration because um, at certain, uh, her daughter at the age of 12, they discovered that she had dystonia, a form, a form of Parkinson. And that uh, was very devastating for the whole family. But my friend being such an amazing, positive um, believer in God and believing in that things can go well, if you stay positive, she stayed um, working with her daughters, both of them, especially with Maria here in Abu Dhabi. She um, made her, she used to go to work every day. She would come do Pilates with me. And at the same time, she introduced it into painting. So she did a lot of artwork and she kind of had several exhibitions. And now they're part of a dystonia a support group in uh, Spain where she has uh, created a calendar with all her paintings. Um, and uh, that's very encouraging to see somebody who never gave up on whatever um, it's her, um, her journey, you know, and her daughter's journeys. And she's making them very, very useful. For it's incredible because despite of being a degenerative disease, you see how her daughter's despite the difficulty, and you visually see the difficulty, but she they thrive, they really, really thrive. And I think that's, that's unique, you know? And, and our role as mothers is not only to, to make, uh, try to make a difference for us, for our daughters, but also to convey our yes. values to them. Exactly. How do you bring them, how do you uh, make them part of, I don't know, of body, tree life, or at the end of the day of your values, the values that you inherited? And your granddaughters now, right? Mothers are advocates. They're yeah. advocates for their kids. Mm. You know, so I think that's something that we do. I'm sure you do that for your kids as well. You know, we really <laughs> advocate try. strongly for Wonder them. And, and I think something really incredible that my mother said that, you know, I, I've been a role model. And, and of course, she's always been a role model to me. But I'm learning so much from my kids and my daughter, you know, and to see the world through their eyes and to discover things. And to discover your mistakes and your shortcomings, and then to have to <laughs> apologize to your kids <laughs> because we're so imperfect uh, is, is huge. You know, we learn so much from our children. And you take care not only of your children and your family, but as a whole, uh, the whole community, right? With Body Tree, with the Emirates School of Dance. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you look after yourself? Um, so, what you know, a big motivator in my life is anger, believe it or not, even though I practice Vipassana. But I, we always joke there's a lovely spiritual lady who works with us, a body tree. She, she comes in and out. Um, her name is Jackie, and she says, Oh, Nadia, she's like, You're an Aries and you're Palestinian. She's like, You're just in the room. She's like, You don't, <laughs> you're, you're damned. <laughs> but, so we joke about it. So I practice Vipassana. But what I do is, um, I think, you know, seeing my parents at a young age go through what they went through made me really question why. Why, were my, why did my parents get sick at such a young age? 
Well, part of it is because they're survivors um, and they're fighters and they've had to work super hard to make it in life and, and to support family. So I think that's a heavy, heavy burden that they carry. So I, I can understand the stress of that. And I think that can manifest sometimes physically into illness. But also it made me question the medical world. You know, to see my parents at a young age on pills or maybe misdirected in their treatments, or maybe I went, you know, I also went through a couple of things and come to find out later over the years, I could have treated certain things through healing, through uh, nutrition, sorry, and through supplements and through movement and through changing your mindset and through things like that. I don't know. It's, it's that anger and that frustration with the medical field that I think sometimes we look, we look to the medical field and, and, you know, we treat doctors godlike, but, but they're human at the end of the day and they're linear and they don't see outside what they learn. Um, and sometimes maybe they shouldn't, you know, if a doctor goes to medical school, he or she goes to medical school to specialize. And that's amazing. You need them to specialize because when you have a very specific issue, you want them to be experts in their field. But I think we need to realize that that's what they are experts in that field. But there is a holistic field of medicine that has always existed in the East. And we thrived and lived off of, you know, food and supplementation and plants. And so kind of discovering that and going back to that, um, that's really allowed me to thrive. So I've taken the time to, I, I carve out time in my day to move because movement helps me de-stress the most. I practice breath work when I can. My mother and I have taken a lovely breath work course. So in, you know, wherever you can, that's something that you can do even on the go. Um, I meditate not enough, but when I can, I do. It is, the, I think, probably the, the thing that's helped me most in life. Um, but you have to carve out the time. You have to, because we're so incredibly busy. So yes, I do prioritize it. Sometimes I'll wake up 15 minutes earlier to do what I need to do. Sometimes I'll nag my kids to get in bed 15 minutes <laughs> earlier, or you know, I'll, I'll go to sleep, I'll get in bed a little bit earlier so I can do the meditation or, and, and the, the exercise I consistently do every single day. And then I walk when I can, because I think walking for both of us has been it's very so healing and meditative. Great. What about yeah. you, Sharifa? I, love, I know that you uh, find time even to study. Yes, I love uh, to um, do my prep work in the mornings or in the evenings. Uh, I love to work by the beach. And while I'm walking, because we live, we're so mm -hmm. lucky to live by the beach. And I, while I walk, I do my breathing. I do my meditation. I listen to podcasts. I listen to whatever makes me grow for myself and for others as well. So I do take that time for myself. And we're multitaskers as women. Yes. I mean, humans are multitaskers, but I think we're able to do that. As mothers. Uh, yeah. But you're able, we're able to drive a car and listen to a podcast and then tend to something else happening. We're able to do that. We're able to process so many things that come at us. So mm -hmm. sometimes, you know, it's just about multitasking well. And then it's also about just organizing your day well. Yes, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And carving the time, because yes. too often we just blame yes. the fact that we're yeah. in a rush, That's that so there's true. no time, but it's about carving the time. And I love this, this word that you use, not just making the time, but carving the yeah. time. It's more an art that Absolutely. comes with it. Exactly. Uh, you mentioned the multitasking, which we definitely are. I feel that multitasking very often comes with a, a sense of... Uh, stress and anxiety, yes. right? And a feeling, oh, can't, I, I, we can't do it all. And that's where I prefer unlimited because mm -hmm. uh, we are unlimited. I believe in mm -hmm. everything that we do and how we manage to combine our being um, professionals uh, and mothers and wives and uh, women as a whole, which brings me to our, what I like to call our paramount question. What does unlimited mean to you as a word? For me, it means infinity. 
it means universal, it means love, it means that there is so much you can do. You have all the time of the world, as long as we're alive, we have the gift and uh, we have all the chances. They keep on coming, chances keep on coming from everywhere, we just have to notice them. Notice what we get and um, uh, for me, for example, I love learning. I keep on taking courses. I learn something new. I'm learning about the human body, and its function is so beautiful. We're just beautiful human beings, and we just have to give ourselves that chance to learn. The more we learn, the, the better. And, um, yeah, there is infinity opportunities in this world, you know, the infinity. Absolutely. Yeah. Which is all over as well. So we're perfectly aligned on this. Exactly. What about you, Nadia? I mean, I completely agree with my mother. I think there's infinite possibilities out there. I think sometimes it's putting your fears aside to pursue these things that come your way. And uh, and I keep saying this, I've been blessed that I have women in my life who pushed me to do things and, and my dad who's pushed me to do things um, and pushed me out of my comfort zone because we all like to snuggle in that comfort zone. It's it's the place we like to rest in most. But I think your learning curve comes when you're very uncomfortable. So that's been really important, sinking. Sometimes I've sunk. I have not always sweat at everything I've done. But the failure is so important, too. And, uh, we, you know, we have this massive fear of failure. So failing is a huge, important lesson. And it's part of that unlimited <laughs> learning that you're going to get in life. Um, but I think it's also just becoming a little bit more realistic. So, you know, I, I'm a feminist. I think that there's so much women can do. But I think we have to be realistic about what we can do when we can do it. So to think that we can be... Um, maybe business leaders and mothers and wives and social beings and charitable beings and, and do it all perfectly at the same time, highly unlikely. I, I think we do a lot very, very well. So I think it's just accepting, okay, great. We go through different phases in our life. We're gonna excel at certain things. We can have it all 100%, maybe not all at the same time. And maybe that's completely okay as well. You know, maybe having these uh, unrealistic expectations isn't something we should, you know, it isn't a stress we should put on ourselves, but we do put it on ourselves. I have to remind myself all the time, you know, and I have this conversation. Sometimes my husband looks at me, he's like, I don't understand. You've achieved so much. I'm like, oh, but I haven't done enough in this area. I haven't done enough in that area. I haven't hit this target that I thought I was going to hit at this age. You know, and I think it's 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 so absurd because that kind of contradicts what I said about acceptance, right? But we we still we like to put this pressure on our, on ourselves. It's, it's pressure that we put on ourselves, yeah. right? Not yeah. others, but just ourselves. Yeah. So on the one hand, yes, if opportunity arises, sure, take it, jump on it. But also, it doesn't have to go at a super fast pace. You can slowly evolve into something. You can slowly grow something. And it took us 15 years to grow Body Tree. You know, we started as a really tiny single room studio and we partnered with a friend. She wanted to do the yoga. We wanted to do yoga and Pilates, but we didn't want to clash. We kind of wanted to work together. So we started the two businesses within a few years, joint ventured. And we always had this vision. We always envisioned a holistic space mm -hmm. that would grow with us as our interests grew. And, and that's what we did. And when the time was right, and when my daughter was born, almost 10 years ago, we moved into this mm -hmm. current location. And then we were able to fully realize that dream. And then people started coming into our lives and approaching my mom and myself when we opened this particular location. And the healing portion grew, you know, the nutrition portion grew. Nectar came in. I partnered with my longtime friend, my school friend, Mira Naman, who's 
the creative director and, and uh, she runs, she oversees Nectar. So, you know, all these opportunities just kind of arose. Basically, it was your first child and uh, he's now a teenager. Yes. And uh, you grew and this child Pretty grew, much. right? Pretty much. <laughs> with your family. Pretty much. We've nurtured with, it as your... a child. Yeah. Absolutely. And we're so lucky that we have attracted amazing people. Like uh, the ladies who work for us, they have been fantastic. People who have come to us and said, this is a home away from home. So most of the women who come here, they're newlywed. They get pregnant. They have a baby. They go through all the stages with us. So they, they, they stay with us, you know, and even if they leave and come back, they come back to us because we know that we have a heart and we have a soul. As a matter of fact, I have um, Harinam Kirtan in Dubai. He, he loves to come to the studio and he says, this place has a soul, has a heart. And that's why he loves to come. Well, she's the heart of the business. I always say that. She's the heart, I'm the mind. But um, You need but, both. And that is success. She's the mind. She's, she's the heart and the soul. But I, I do want to say something about her team. And, you know, my, my husband taught me this. My husband's also, my father's a mentor. My husband's a mentor. I look at them. I look at how they've been successful. But I think an area that my husband's been very successful, and he, and he told me this early on, like how do you know? How have you done what you do? How do you how do you manage? Because he manages stress way better. He's he's a much wiser soul than I am. But um, how do you do it? And he's you know he was the one who told me it is your team. You must have a solid team. You must have solid people around you. And so again, I think we've we'll be we've been very lucky to attract incredible people because again the energy you put out you kind of end up attracting. Um, and we have a lot of faith in our team. And I think you know we. We're lucky. We're lucky where if we need to step out of the business because we have something personal going on, we can do that. And we have full faith that the ladies will manage. Yeah, I experienced it myself when I first walked in and I just moved to Abu Dhabi from Dubai. The, the way even just the receptionists mm. uh, welcomed myself and my daughter, they welcomed us in a way that we felt uh, they really cared. And the second day we came in, they knew us by name already. Yes. So as they really care, it was not just their, uh, their task or their job description that made them uh, welcoming us. And uh, that's why we came back every week. And that's why I really wanted to share your story because day of today, lesson after lesson, I learned to know what goes behind Body Tree. Obviously now I know even more thanks to uh, the story that you shared and I couldn't be more blessed and thankful. I think we could have started Mother's Day in any better way. So once again, thank you for sharing your story and your mission on Unlimited. So much. Thank you for having us. Thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed discovering the person, the story and the vision behind the brand. Now it's your turn. We'd love to hear from you. Please share your comments or questions on our social media pages on Instagram at unlimited.me and LinkedIn at unlimited platform. And don't forget to leave a review. Best in last, if you'd love to share your story, please connect with us on our website www.unlimited.me. We're always on the hunt for inspiring stories of unlimited women and you could be the next one.